This episode brought to you by Appeal, helping you to enjoy your fruits and vegetables at peak freshness and reduce food waste. Learn more at appeal.com, A-P-E-E-L.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about comfort food as we explore its history, meaning, and different interpretations from around the world. Donburi is just a simple, casual dish, but it's packed with the history. Somebody might have their comfort food be something that they remember eating at their friend's house, but they would never have at their own home. Consuming foods that were eaten then can bring back some of those feelings from, from those times. It's about creating these little breaks and moments during the day where you kind of feel present. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network on our intercontinental show, actually transcontinental, I guess, show. We have uh, Nastasia Lopez on the piano, Aaron Polsky doing the bass notes on the piano with his left hand, that's the polecat for those of you that listen to the show, and... Pat Posey on the saxophone, playing a song that, uh, you know, I don't know when to come in on because it's not our normal introduction song, you know, so welcome to Cooking Issues. We have uh, Matt in his uh, Rhode Island uh, troll booth, and we got uh, John chilling in the Murray Hill of uh, Manhattan. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I feel great now. So, uh, Pat, Pat, thanks for, uh, you know, and, you know, not, not to not thank you, Polecat, but, uh, you know, Pat, thanks for, uh, coming on and, uh, performing that live. I, um, insulted you beforehand because you said you were going to pre-record it, and I was like, what kind of, what kind of classical musician is not going to just come play it live? What's that? That's what I said. And you said that I was being, uh, an inappropriate, uh, bad human. Is that true? Speechless. Speechless. Did we lose those guys? No, they're still on, supposedly. And now they haven't said anything yet, but we also have special guest, which longtime listeners of the show will be very excited to know. We have Jackie Molecules! That's right, Jack Inslee is in Los Angeles right now, or whatever the hell fake Los Angeles you guys are actually in outside of Los Angeles, whatever form of... Oh, this is real Los Angeles. You're in real Los Angeles? This is real Los Angeles. You're not in some sort of like external canyon or some sort of valley or... No, not yet. That's next show. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys are doing a tour. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, the Lower West Coast tour. And in a uh, nice inversion of the universe, it's like 75 degrees here in Manhattan today. And what is it where you are? Is it back up being like normal or is it still real cold over there? It's normal-ish. It's... Let's see. It's about 60 right now. All right. So, Senior Molecules, why don't you let people know what uh, you've been up to since you were last on the show. The last time uh, we had you on the show was for our 10th anniversary, which was sometime during the COVID or not during the COVID? Before the COVID? 
I feel like it was maybe at the beginning. Um, I had started a new network with the Line Hotel called Full Service Radio. Thanks to COVID, that's on hiatus. So I'm out here in L.A. living my best life. Ready to produce anybody's podcast that needs help. (laughs) Really? Like podcast for hire? Sure. Mike will travel? Yeah. I mean, like like we did just now, we've got a whole four mic set up in Stas's swanky apartment. So... So, like, do you show up, like, Clorox everybody? Like, let's say you were going to go do a, a produce something for someone that you, like, didn't know that wasn't in your kind of immediate thing. Would you just show up in, like, a hazmat suit and, like, just <laughs> Clorox the hell out of everybody or no? Sure, yes. Very distant. Yeah. We have very long mic cables, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, so I had to do the same thing for my mom's 70th birthday this this weekend because they're, like, super, They're you know, they're super hardcore because my mom, you know, is, a, you know, has a lot of uh, risk factors, and uh, so so Booker, I gotta whisper into the mic because he's here. Booker made this like awesome cake that like in the shape of a seventy, like he you know iced it in blue because my mom likes blue and all this stuff, and you know we took it and kind of dropped it off like at like a like like a burnt offering at at an altar right on a chair twelve feet away from you know my mom, and then you know slowly backed away, drove back into the city because they live outside of the city. I think they probably didn't eat it, which is kind of sad. But I'm not going to say that such that anyone can hear it because I think they're that paranoid that unless they can like flamethrow it, they don't, they don't, they don't eat it. As far as I can tell. Interestingly, uh, my stepfather opened a four thousand dollar bottle. He didn't pay four thousand dollars. He's had this wine in his cellar since 1986 or 87. But he opened what is now a $4,000 bottle of 85 DRC for my mom's 70th birthday. And for any of you out there who are wondering, is the 85 DRC still standing up? I know there's at least one of you out there. Apparently, it was delicious, transcendent. And then I spoke to my, uh, I asked my, my Gerard, my stepfather, the, you know, the, of Giuspiti fame, the, like the Italian side, the Boston Italian side of my family. I was like, so... I was like, how does this rate with all of, you know, other burgundies we've had? It's like, oh, by far and away the best burgundy I've ever had. Now, bear in mind, all this, this only things on earth that my stepfather likes are, and I'm not going to choose the order, my mom, fishing, wine, cigars. Those are the, that's it. That's, that's all. There endeth the list. If you try to buy him something that is about that, like a book about, like, a murder mystery about someone who, like, owns a vineyard, he's like, I don't care about this. I want the juice. I like the wine. You know what I mean? He doesn't care about any of the other, like, anyway. Same with cigars. Same with fishing. He doesn't want to hear about fishing. He wants to be fishing. Anyways, specifically surf casting. So I said to him, I was like, this is the best burgundy you've ever had? I was like, yeah. And now I'm trying to get an idea from him, like, how much he thought it was actually worth. Like, what was it worth? And bear in mind, he is a, a you know a, a tenured psychiatrist, and my mom you know is a pediatric cardiologist, you know also you know fully tenured, you know, and they've been doing this a long time. So you know they're not hurting, right? So I said, uh, I said, uh, so like, how much would you pay? He's like, oh, I would never pay this amount of money. I was like, well, like if you were at a restaurant and it was four hundred dollars, and you so would you reach into your pocket and pull out four hundred dollars? And he said no to that. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? This is. This is how I was raised, Nastasia. This is why I am the way I am. Yeah, you're cheap. I am. I'm cheap. <laughs> when it comes to, but he's like cheap when it comes to his own pleasure. I'll tell you this story. So for those of you that don't know, DRC is, I guess it stands for Domaine de la Romanée Conti, right? And so since, you know, since as long as I've been alive, 
they release a mixed case every year as a future, right? So in that case, you get like, you know, uh, the two top two ones are Richborg and, you know, actual Romanet Conti. You get like one each of those, right? And then you get like a couple of like the kind of the, the also great but kind of lower end ones like Latash and Incodis. No, wait, is that one of them? I anyway, whatever. I'm not an expert in this. Anyway, so it's a, it's a mixed case. Now, my mom bought this as a future before it was released, which, you, you know, you can do. And at the time, you know, my stepfather thought it was an unconscionable amount of money. I think it was like $500 or something like that, $600. This ruined Christmas. Gerard, like, my, he opened the thing. It was the thing of futures. I don't even think the wine was there. It was because I don't think it had been delivered yet or maybe it had just come. And he knew how much it cost because he follows all the auctions and whatnot. And he literally went upstairs and fell asleep because he thought she had spent too much money on this. Now, bear in mind, a single bottle of the Romanet Conti, a single bottle is now worth $20,000 at auction at least, right? And this is a whole case of mixed stuff. The, the mixed case must, and, and you just heard like that one of the bottles, one of the not even like, it's like, you know, mid-top level bottle that he just ate, drank is at like $4,000. And so, you know, that's the level of cheap you're dealing with in my family. We're that cheap. So, Anastasia, it's not like you're not cheap. Is that for me? I'm cheap for well, myself. I'm generous with people. Yeah, so is he. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, what do you think of our performance? I, I thought it was good, but you didn't let me know, like, kind of what you were going to play. So I had no, I had no way of knowing when to come in. Were you able to recognize it? It was pretty obscure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I didn't know when you wanted me to like go in. Like, you like we we didn't have any sort of sharing of like a cue or something. Like, no one, you know what I mean. So like, that's why I, I had to come in on the on the mellow intro. It also was much more of a mellow intro-y thing, you know. I think it's probably best that you talked over. That was our first time playing together in public, and I think Nastasia's first time playing in public since she was maybe eight years old. True, that is true. Well, well what did you do when you were eight? What do you mean in public? Like at a recital or like, recital, you know, where you, where you show time at the Apollo? Like, what are we talking about here? Recital. Like a uh. recital in like a church or whatever. She played in her mom's living room while her mom was blasting uh, doo-wop music in the other, in the other room to, to cover. Nice. Okay, so th like, th is that literally what your mom listens to, doo-wop? I have a video of my mom listening to oldies radio while I'm playing the piano in the other room. Oldies is one thing, but is it like Motown or is it like doo-wop? It's a... Radio station. You don't know what you listened to as a child? Oldies. It was oldies. It's what she still listens to now. Yeah. And actually, when we came over to rehearse last night, uh, she uh, loved having, she wanted to have the radio playing in the background while we played. And uh, comforting. we couldn't turn it off. It was yeah. comforting to her. Yeah. She is demented about this stuff, but I don't know. Like, I can't believe that oldies is still a term. I can't even believe that the word oldies is still like a valid musical term. Well, it's relative, right? Well, yeah, yeah right. Which means it has no meaning. <laughs> I don't know. Oldies I don't mean not like by that. There's that amazing. Like there's Beethoven. Like oldies, you mean Beethoven? Like hip hop station in L.A. That's great. Oh, I got the, the whole idea of oldies hip hop is a perversity. I like, don't remember, so. it was called it was called oldies when hip hop hadn't come out yet. When there was no hip-hop, there was oldies, at which point it was basically, and this is what I'm trying to ascertain, it was doo-wop, Motown, right, 
And like, you know, the classic rock stuff, which is now in the old, like that was not on, that was on the classic rock station. You never got like a Led Zeppelin on an oldie station because it, that was classic rock. Right. So that's why I like calling it oldies in the eighties, right. Seventies and eighties was when they started calling things oldies, eighties, I guess. Right. It's perverse. Yeah. It's, it's perverse. <laughs> anyway. So. And doo-wop, by the way, fundamentally, I'm going to get, some people are going to get mad. I cannot listen to more than five songs in a row. It's, it is a ridiculous era in music. Okay. When it's between that and listening to Nastasia play the piano, I think <laughs> you might have a different opinion. Listen, 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 listen. What's the worst era of Billy Joel? All of it. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> boom. Boo, hiss. All right, Polecat, we haven't talked about this before. What's the worst era of Billy Joel? That was for you. They didn't, they didn't give him a mic. Oh, I mean, I mean the, the walking in the night nonsense is the worst, but it's all pretty bad. Yeah, first of all, where is all this anti You know what? Stay in California. All of you. Stay there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Hating Billy Joel. <laughs> Come on. First of all, it's his doo-wop stuff. It's like for the longest time, all that stuff. That stuff is like hard, like of his work, the worst, because it's like all this weird doo wop stuff. What's the best? Sure. Okay. So we're all single and we're all preparing for a second quarantine. And Pat has a specific question about soups and love. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, we're just going to go right there. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh. First of all, linking soup and love, I can sense this is going to go way, way south, way fast. But go ahead. Yeah, I think she, I think she misunderstood my text message from the, the other night. But um, <laughs> since we're talking about soups... Uh, I, before the quarantine, before the whole COVID thing started, I was, I got really into making stock and then using that in everything I cooked. And then when quarantine happened and it was evident that we were all going to get sick and possibly die, uh, I made a bomb ass chicken soup and froze it in case I got sick during the time to eat. Now I still have that because I haven't gotten sick because I haven't been out of my house and I haven't had any lovers. Uh, to get me sick, but uh, I'm now since it's getting cold in LA, it's like 60 degrees today, so I got a hat on. Uh, freezing. I'm thinking about making more soup because it's soup season, um, and so I really just wanted to to sort of talk about that and talk about the process of stock making, and then talk about the the basics of what are needed in a good soup. Like, how can I just raid my fridge and make a good soup? What are the things that I can just do well i mean it but totally depends on what's in your fridge <laughs> well what he said that will also get him laid oh yeah dave's well, not good at that kind of stuff i mean Clearly you know like i haven't i haven't had to impress somebody you know to on that score in long long time but um look the longest time <laughs> Oh, yeah, we could do the whole thing. Can you play it? Can you play Longest Time on saxophone? What? (laughs) I I don't think I can, actually. We've got a lot of things going on here, tech-wise. Oh, Jeebus. Uh, All right, listen. The secret is either, like, you make a lot of stock and have it chilling in in your freezer, and it's going to be good for the longest time, right? And so you can keep it there. And then having a good base is kind of uh, the, I think, the start. So like, you know, it's never probably going to get, is it ever cold enough in LA to do like a squash soup? Yeah, I did one on Saturday. 
I meant for normal people. I repeat, it is 60 degrees here today, and I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, I was freezing. With ear flaps. <laughs> With ear I'm flaps. You got, the, you got the full Elmore Fudd? It turns 60 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, and you go <laughs> Elmore Fudd on me? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Listen, right. I have an Elmer Fudd hat that my mom bought me like 25 years ago, like a real Filson, like, you know, northern, like, outfitter with the full thing. And people, like, when it's cold out, I wear it and I pull the flaps down. And I'm like, oh, look at you, the hunter. I'm like, look at you, the cold idiot. You know what I mean? It's like, those things work, those ear flaps. They're Are good. Are you interested in selling it? Because we could use that out here this week. <laughs> with your 60 to, uh, Your head would ignite if you put this hat on your head. <laughs> of things that are going to help me get laid. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Jack. Can you please? Jack has a great food story. He's been. I thought smoking. I was gonna do soup. We're doing soup. Oh, well, you didn't finish quick enough. That's right. All right, go. You want more soup information, or you don't want more soup information? Please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> make the stock. The easiest way to make a stock is uh is like to save scraps of whatever bones and whatnot you have uh from like cooking. You can save those in the freezer if you want, and then make all your stock in, in, in one batch. So like like uh, the chick, the bones that we have a lot, and I think, honestly, and John, maybe you'll back me up on this, the most versatile stock to have around isn't what a restaurant would choose, it's chicken stock. Because most of us at home go through more chicken than we go through uh, like veal bones, for instance. And so having to go buy veal bones is a pain, whereas like I think, I would guess the average household go through, goes through more chicken. What do you think, John? Yeah, agreed. Chicken. And chick, chicken stock works very well in pork-based things. So when like I, you know, I use chicken stock in my house for almost everything. It works well for for many many uh, many many things. And I don't do uh, a fully. I sometimes do a fully brown chicken stock, but I don't even necessarily bother. I do kind of like a a, a blonde or, or a light uh, chicken stock just because it's faster in the pressure cooker. So Pat, do you have a pressure cooker and or Instapot? Uh, I do not know, but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on uh, light v. dark stock because I've never heard it talked about in that way. So, you know, it, it all depends on the amount of pre-roasting of the uh, veg and meat that you do. Um, so, you know, traditional, like a, a darker stock, sometimes like the old Frenchies will actually kind of burn an onion to get it to get it darker and then roast off all of the bones and then make your, um, you know, have that roasted stuff be the base of the stock. And that gives you just a, those kind of brown umami kind of, um, you know, flavors that we kind of all enjoy. And most of the time, the only reason that they don't is because the same reason we'll get to it hopefully later, you know, uh, the French use white pepper because they don't want to see the little black flecks in cases where they want it to be blonde because they want a lighter flavor, unbrown flavor. Uh, they use kind of a blonder, um, like a blonder stock. And in, in my opinion, uh, most, if not all people, most of the time in most applications would prefer to have a, a darker stock to a lighter stock when it's being used as a base in a soup. John, you back me on this or you don't yeah, back me on this? Yeah, I do vacuum. Yeah. I would also like to chime in. I, I'm a big fan of using chicken feet in my stock as well. It's nice and you know low cost and also has a lot of gelatin and a lot more body to the soup in the end. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, anything that adds uh, anything that adds body, right? So, like, uh, 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 here's a secret that I do. That's not a super late secret, but if uh, Dax, my, the, my, the thing that I make that Dax likes the most is this stuff that we call pork chili here, and so we uh, we pressure cook like that. We we chop up, but I, I rip the skin off of a uh, of the uh, pork shoulder whole. I throw it into the pressure cooker. And it, you know, gelatinizes into the, into the, 
stock and whatnot, and then I pull it out and I literally blend the entire skin chunk into the sauce to make a super high, high gelatinous, like really, really unctuous uh, base. Anyway, little tip for you if you want it. But um, so that's when you're making stock. But honestly, also like. And, you know, don't get all bent, but have a crap ton of decent flavored bouillon cubes around because it is, uh, it, you know, if, if you're showing up and, you know, all of a sudden you decide to, you know, see a human being in person again and they show up and you don't have anything, a decent bouillon cube can, like, take something that would otherwise have no discernible kind of umami or flavor and pop it a lot harder than you would uh, think. And if you get a decent brand and you don't use it kind of in excess, they, um, you know, no one, as a fake Christopher Walken said in SNL, no one will know, you know what I mean? But they'll just know that the stuff is, uh, is better. The one thing I'll say is, is that should you ever use bouillon cubes, this is the one time salt is a big thing with stocks, right? So the reason people don't uh, salt stocks is because you don't know how much reduction is going to take place and you don't know what you're going to put it in. This is why in restaurants you don't salt stocks. Uh, similarly, if you are going to use uh, a bouillon cube in a braise or in a soup, right, you should not salt it as early in the process as you would otherwise because until you become like acutely aware of the salt level in bouillon cubes, it can throw you way mm. off. Anyone else have this experience? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm not a hater on the bouillon cube. But again, I keep chicken bouillon cubes around because, again, I find that of all of them, they are the most uh, versatile. I haven't tried, uh, you know, I haven't had too much luck with straight veg stock. Um, I know people have worked on the veg stock. I would go on the internet and, and I probably should for the book try to get like a, a really decent uh, veg based stock. Um, but even when I'm doing like a high umami um, fungus or plant-based, like a like a like a porcini or any kind of like a, I made a delicious mushroom gravy. Over. By the way, this week I made stuffed cabbage, delicious, delicious. You want a cold weather treat? Stuffed cabbage. Like John and I went to this place called the Ridgewood Pork Store, and they used to make their own whole pickled heads of cabbage, and we asked for it, and they're like, I don't make that no more. It's too much of a pain in the butt. But they do sell whole pickled cabbage leaves, and I and I pulled out my cuisine of Hungary by uh, what's his name, something Lang, which is kind of the you know one of the Hungarian Bibles, and I made his like kind of very paprika heavy um, with the paprika gravy over the top. So it's like stuffed cabbage with cabbage in the sauce and tomatoes, on point, on point. But even in a, in, I don't know why I brought that up because it's not that. But in a gravy like that, I'll use chicken base. Anyway, that's my feeling. Okay, so Jack has a has a story, a food related story, food and love related story that that Stas wants me to tell. That I want him to tell. Um, this isn't much of a story. It's just, I guess she a, loves what, it. What would you do, listener? Um, <laughs> you know, I met somebody that I had some nice times with, let's say, and um, she came over and was like, "Oh, I brought wine," and it was just some cheap Merlot, and I was like, right. "Oh." You know, like, do I drink? That? Like, I really family didn't. show, Jack. Remember, family show. Oh, this I'm, one won't I be a family show. I do this every show, time. I'm is. sorry. Hey, kids, go watch a movie. No, I won't use any swear words. Come on, I'm sorry. This is... um, so that was the first frustration, and then 
I was like, well, maybe we can cook something together. And then she's like, what can I do to help? I was like, you know, slice the garlic or something. She was like, she didn't know how to peel garlic. Oh. Yeah. No matter how much of a good time you're having, you great taste in film, all this other stuff. But like, can you really move forward? He's uh, yeah, yeah I, I think you can. Well, Aaron's like, you can move forward at least that day. I mean, you never have to oh, see her again. Am I right? The wine was drank and the garlic this. was peeled. Yes. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he, he's like, he's like the, the meal's already like, it's a sunk cost. You might as well, you know, you might as well go for the dessert. That's what uh, Polkat is not saying. Very I'm sorry. Maybe I asked this incorrectly. Do you continue to see this person? Uh, that now, now, Aaron, now what do you say? Let her choose the films. What is the matter with you? <laughs> All right, listen. I, this, is, this is a question to people who are here right now. Of true or false? Of all low price wines, Merlot is the worst. Thank you. Like, right? Yes. Like, like Merlot. I mean, I like Merlot, but like of the I'm cheap so things, <laughs> cheap Merlot is the worst, right? Yes. It's like. Yeah, incensed. Aaron is incensed. <laughs> Why? He loves cheap Merlot? No. <laughs> what? That's not it's not about the cheap Merlot, man. Wait, am I are you on record, Aaron, saying that you think that the cheap Merlot is like the best call of all the cheap wine varieties? Uh no, I just don't think it's the issue in this situation. <laughs> oh. All right. Do you drink it, Aaron? Our, like our eye is not on the prize here. <laughs> if I drink it, I will. Do you have a $5 glass of Barefoot Merlot in your in your hand right now in a goblet? <laughs> I don't know. So what are you incensed about? Also, the garlic thing. Here's the thing. You don't want to be that guy who's like, no, actually, you should hit it with the, with the blade. You know what I mean? Like, even my you know sons don't like me telling them how to do stuff like that, even though I, I am right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't tell them. No, I just did it. It was like, oh, don't worry about it. I got it, you know. Oh. There we go. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs> this is going in the direction it should have gone. Yeah. No, but. The night was me, fine, everybody. This did was they notice? born did of the, my did, complaining to Stas later. Did the person notice and was like, mm, you had to correct my garlic no, chopping. of course not. I noticed not. you didn't enjoy the wine. No, I'm a gentleman. Of course I drank the Merlot. And- but the question is, does he continue with this person? I mean, you know, Pat, who's right there, no offense, but Nastasia has gone uh, friends with people for many decades who bring less than ideal wines to uh, people's houses. Mm. Yeah, one of them is sitting right here. That's what I said, no offense to Pat. And when I say no offense, what that means is here comes something offensive to you. I don't know if you know how that works. Is, is it rude to, because I was thinking this, because I just moved into my place, so she was, it was kind of like, oh, housewarming and some wine for us. Would it have been rude to have been like, oh, that's awesome, but let's drink something else tonight and then put that Yeah, you, you can't know? do that. You can't do that. You right? can't do that. You, you can't do that. Yeah, you should have. Wait, what did you hear? Aaron, what did you say? If I had something open already, that would have been the hack. Yeah, but what? Because you're like, oh, this is uh, open but, already. Let's finish this first. You have to drink it. You have to drink it. You have to drink it. You have to, you have so, to drink so, it. So then what your goal is, is over time is to like, you know, if you want to continue seeing the person, just, you know, move them on up the scale a little bit. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Of wine. Move them up the scale. Yeah, go to their house and you bring a bottle of wine. And then hopefully they're like, oh, that's I did good. that already. That's why I was a little confused. I brought over a wine. I <laughs> talked about the wine I like. It was a nice orange. <laughs> Wait, what is Aaron? 
Stasi, you got to get closer to the mic. I, I can't hear you. Close as possible. Sorry, that was a garbage truck. <laughs> it was a garbage truck. It's inside her mouth. <laughs> Fully in her head. I know from garbage trucks, for sure. I know from garbage trucks. <laughs> Wait, so Aaron, why did that make you mad? Why the fact that he'd already been to her house with a with a bottle of I wine? And her, I think I it's the talking about the wine and the... I, I feel like there's a time and a place... I don't yeah. want to shame you, Jack. I'm oh, no, sorry. please. I'm, I'm here well, for you. You don't even know what he said. He could have shown up and been like, I hey, I got it. this bottle of wine. I really like it. That, Not even. I didn't even you know. talk about the wine. I just brought wine and she was like, oh, this is great. And then I'm like, oh, this is ah. what it is. Yeah. So no, I'm, not a, I'm not a wine splainer by any stretch. I mean, listen, I think that like if <clears throat> over the pattern of a few dates, you discover that like you're just a universe apart on everything. That's one thing. But, you know, you got to. You got to meet in the middle here. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's true. But, you know, we're in a time of plague and we have to have uh, somewhat higher standards now in terms of getting to know people. Time is money, people. You know, it takes, yeah. it takes a lot longer to get to know somebody and to get to the point of, you know, being in the same room and wanting to uh, make out with each other, at least for, for me. So your uh, standards are higher? Once they're in the room, your standards should be zero. My standards were pretty <laughs> But I think I think seeing context clues like that that it's not going to work is uh, is a thing. You know, the the person that I got closest to in the last six months, we actually were. You know, he was coming over and we were having dinner. I had cooked for him once, and then he was very excited. He wanted to cook for me, and I was excited to to try this. And then he came over to cook, and was like reading recipes off of uh, of websites, and clearly had never done it before. And I just kind of lost all attraction because oh. what Damn. the guy's trying to cook something for now that's not cool dude aaron are you incensed you over there are monsters <laughs> <laughs> i mean like a guy trying to come over to cook for you who doesn't cook i mean that's nice yeah i'm gonna decide with aaron on this one that's rough man <laughs> i read recipes when i cook i read recipes sometimes when i cook but i think it was that he was so excited to cook it was the exact same thing that i had cooked for him uh, and he had uh-huh. clearly never done it before. So he came And by the way, it was hard boiled eggs and toast. I stopped short of saying, here, let me show you how to peel that garlic. <laughs> wow. Damn. So for those of you that want to go out with Pat Posey, men, this is what you have to deal with. Be clear, it's men. I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN, we care about reducing waste across our food system from farms to home kitchens. We know that about half of the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where Appeal comes in. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruits and vegetables. Because here's the thing, less waste doesn't just mean that we're throwing less food away, it also means we throw away less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system, from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us to conserve our precious resources to ensure that we have fresh food to meet our growing needs. Appeal, food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. Whoa, wait, wait. I have a question though. What the? What is the best like uh, varietal of wine to cheap out on? Which one are you most likely? If you buy a really cheap bottle, of, are you most likely to sort of ruin there? Get okay. Cava. Oh, kind of- inexpensive cavas are pretty good. If you're going to go inexpensive bubbly, I would go cava over real inexpensive. I go cava over prosecco. Agree or disagree, people? I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'd also like go... to say, Dave, that I blame you entirely for this, for having me brainwashed through the school of enemy of quality think. You know, that's that's how you end up in your mid thirties getting upset about a cheap bottle of Merlot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, come on. I think I think Aaron's got a good point with the with the Gruner. There's some decent uh, deals on Gruner. And hey, pro tip: a lot of those mothers come in liter bottles. Am I right, Aaron? Hey, yeah. Uh, yes, which is twenty percent more fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, first, I said $10. No, it's a liter. It's a liter. That's why it's twelve fifty. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of a situation? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Goran on the chat asks if kava can work okay in cocktails that call for champagne as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be champagne. It's not going to make Nastasia happy. But, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I think most, like, it depends on what you mean. Like, if, if, if you're talking like a classic champagne cocktail, which is just like a sugar cube with some ango in the, in the champagne, then you're going to notice, right? But once you've, like, you know, mimosified or bellineated, like, whatever you're doing, you know, I don't think it's going to matter much. I mean, what do you think, Polcat? I think that uh, in most cases it won't matter, but the risk you run, I think that most of those recipes are written for sweet champagnes right like we're talking from the 30s so you want to make sure that you're not adding some super nerdy dry wine that'll like throw the balance into the too acidic category there you go there you go uh all right what aaron melvin he agreed with me he said it doesn't matter <laughs> he just said it doesn't matter but that we're all wrong for using dry wines how's that a disagreement all right fine whatever <laughs> All right. Say it again so that I understand where our disagreement lies. No, I just felt, you know, it just, it wasn't acknowledged. I think it's oh, only in the morning. You, I hear you and you are acknowledged. God, it, all it's right. like 9.30 here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nastasia is up at like 6 a.m. anyway. You want to know how to get Nastasia up? Send her a random text at zero in the morning. She has her phone set to like, like immense alert. Because she's always afraid that somebody in her family is gonna like tell her that someone thing terrible. The other is night happening. for me, Aaron fixed what? that the other night for me. What he texted you at zero in the morning? No, he just set up this thing where only my mom and dad can get through. Thank yeah, you, maybe. nice. I don't know. I, 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 by the way, like I told Nastasia this like last week. I was like, you need to fix that. Yeah, and Aaron right? fixed it. I'm glad because she's like, but what if something happens? I was like, if I am dead. You don't need to know until tomorrow at That's night. What? I like said. There's... What? That's, That's what, what I said. said. I was like, yeah. they're dead, they're dead. You can sleep. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Like, you're already like five hours. Of... Like, what is it like on, on, if you were already on a plane, it would already be five hours before you landed and then another five hours to get from the airport to wherever like something is happening in New York. So it's not like you, it's not like there's anything that could happen in New York. It's not like I'm going to text you and saying, oh, oh, there's a volcanic eruption that's traveling across the entire country and you have time to get on a boat now and go into the Pacific. It's not going to happen. You have no need to hear from me other than during when you want to. Thank Aaron, you. I'm right about this, right? know about that. <laughs> yes. yes. Anyway. Anyway. All right. I'm going to say what Aaron Melvin said. So last week uh, I was hating on White Pepper and I forget who co-signed. I think John, did, John, did you co-sign on the, on the White Pepper hate? No. No? All right. No one co-signed. But anyway. Why? I don't know. I just say I like it that it's a, I don't know. I don't, to me, it doesn't taste like dirty or anything like that. I think it's just another interesting dimension of pepperiness to have on a, yeah, in a dish. Full disclosure, you speak French. Yes. (laughs) Uh, 
for those of you that know the French are the white pepper freaks. Anyway, Aaron Melvin writes in, I too intensely dislike white pepper until I had the one from uh, bottreefarm.co.uk. Now it's entirely worth having. I'd be pleased to send each of you some if you'd like to try. Thanks for the show. Uh, best regards, uh, Aaron. Yeah, I want to try some uh, some yeah. decent yeah. white pepper. Are we all included in that? Too? Are we included in that? Well, I'm sure the we that is Nastasia is included, and then she can parse it out to you guys. Oh. I mean, I, I can't say I can't say whether he's promised to send it to like you know anyone that we. What if we What if we had uh, you know Mannheim Steamroller on today? Would he have sent one to every member of Mannheim Steamroller? Yes, I'm calling than you than Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What do they do now? Do they they just do Christmas albums now? What the heck is the deal with Mannheim's team? I think they just do Christmas tours. They tour around and play at Christmas Oh, I don't think they're touring this year, though, right? Except for this year. (laughs) But is that all they ever did, or did they used to play stuff that wasn't Christmas stuff? They did stuff that was not Christmas stuff, too. Hmm. All right. What is your least favorite style of, like, your least favorite use for saxophone? Do you you like, you, like, your least favorite... Oh, put it this way. Like... Kenny G, can you listen to it? No. Okay. Uh, what about like uh, you? But you like big band stuff, and you like l- most jazz saxophone, right? Sure, sure. I mean, like you know, like the old school big band stuff, like the Glenn Miller, the the Stan Kenton, uh, Thad Jones, Mel, Lew- or- Mel Lewis orchestra, like all that, all like the classic big band stuff and the progressive big band stuff is really great. Um, but like once it gets into Kenny G, like the it's. You know, it's not it's not bad. It's not terrible. I don't hate it as much as many saxophones do, I think. Uh, but it is it is a little light and it's a little simplistic and it's uh, and it's a little annoying because we hear it so many times. But part of that is also just jealousy because, you know, that dude made some money on it. It's like the Fleetwood you... Mac of saxophone music. But it's basically <laughs> oh, that. I mean, whoa, they whoa, actually whoa, use, they use Kenny G in in a bunch of like in China, they use Kenny G to close down shopping malls and shops. There's an actual Kenny G song that is known to be the signal for we about to close, get your ass out. Wow. Before I ask Aaron about his Fleetwood Mac hatred, what do you then, do you like kind of like loud cacophonous, like Ornette Coleman kind of saxophone? I do, yeah, I love that stuff. And like, if you don't know, uh, like Anthony Braxton uh, is then another, you know, going into the third stream jazz land. And the kind of stuff that's really out, and then Colin Stetson is someone that I'm really uh, digging on these days. Uh, Aaron, explain yourself with your Fleetwood Mac. Uh, First of all, uh, Aaron, tell tell everyone what shirt you're wearing. What your shirt says. Can I say it on Family Friendly Show? Kids, go watch something. Uh, Stas, what do you got to do? This? What is it? I just like. Uh, <laughs> wait, Jack. Why don't you read it? Because I can't read my shirt. Oh man. Oh, you got a mouthful of bacon. No, I'm, I'm good. You guys are the worst. Listening to Fleetwood Mac and doing blow doesn't make you a witch. <laughs> and I walk around in this shirt, and some people think it's really funny. The ones who get it, the Fleetwood Mac is saccharine garbage. It's the white claw of rock and roll. It's the what? White claw. White claw of rock and roll. That makes Kenny G the true. White claw, the, the cells. Now, we got to remember. Aaron Polcat Polsky is trying to push his canned cocktails and so wishes that you wouldn't buy White Claw. First of all, the worst term in the world is, what, what do they call that crap? Hard seltzer? Uh, yeah. yeah. Hard seltzer. It's, that, that's, yeah. that's the category that falls under it. Yeah. Oh, also, Which everyone should go read uh, the Smithsonian article about the history of canned cocktails. Aaron Polsky is even mentioned in said article. Look at that. Oh, Polcat. Yeah. That's why nice. we pay our assistant hey, job. I, I mean, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, John and I were uh, in a vehicle moving a bunch of uh, stuff from the uh, n- no longer existing conditions up to storage in uh, Connecticut. And uh, we, I think, came to an agreement that the best flavor of seltzer is seltzer-flavored seltzer. <laughs> yeah, Dave, there was no plain, you know, no unflavored seltzer there. So Dave had to cave in and get one of the flavored ones. And what did you get, Dave? Was it orange or citrus or something like that? Oh, it was disgusting. Poisonous, poisonous. Yeah. I want my seltzer with a twist of seltzer in it. That's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need any flavors. I just need some ripping bubbles and I need it. Has, okay, has anyone had a flavored seltzer that the last sip of that seltzer was even like vaguely enjoyable? Raspberry. Grapefruit. Yeah, I was gonna say raspberry is the only one that could possibly work. Yep. They're, to me, they're all, they're all poisonous. Um, sp- speaking of, uh, can you believe in one week we lost Alex Trebek and Sean Connery? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like looking at the SNL because Stas, of course, loves SNL more than she loves anything else, pretty much. And so while I was doing that, uh, after it came in, uh, I was they was looking at all the old kind of Will Ferrell and uh, you know Hammond uh, things where one's Connery and one's Trebek, and then they actually had Alex Trebek show up on one. But man, that's end of an era, huh? Um, terrible. Um, eh. What are you gonna do? Uh, Curtis Barner wrote in. Uh, hey, do you have any good sources on sizing a kitchen hood properly? I'm buying my first house and want to put something in where I can sear the bejesus out of a steak and not have smoke alarms uh, go off. However, it would be nice if it didn't sound like a jet engine was taking off every time I needed a little ventilation. All right, Curtis, here's the problem. Uh, if you call it a hood, right, then certain regulations uh, take place, right, in terms of like fire suppression and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know that there's a good answer. If you go on um, a lot of restaurant supply websites, they'll have uh, hood size calculators. Um, but the reason that your hood is so loud, the, the hoods that you're used to, home hoods, which I hate, which I've never seen one that's any good. The reason they're so loud is because the fan is in the room with you first. That's the first mistake. Why would you have the fan in the room with you? It should be on the outside of your house or on the roof. Uh, the other problem is is that because the fan is in the hood, it's small. And so to get any sort of airflow with a small fan, it needs to spin at a much higher velocity. And the faster a fan spins, the more high-pitched screaming noise the fan's going to make. So you have a higher-pitched, more irritating, louder fan placed closer to you as a result of the way that home hoods are made. I have never tested it, but there are some home-rated hoods, right, so that, that are good for fire code where you are, that have external fans mounted on them. They're still nowhere near powerful enough, in my opinion, but they are a hell of a lot better than having the fan in the room with you. And anything you can do to have the fan be both bigger so that it can run slower, uh, even at the same amount of CFMs, uh, and then putting it... Uh, you know, on the outside of your house uh, or far away, or at least, you know, sound wrapping it and having it not be um, in the, uh, you know, in the hood is going to be a win. What people are worried about is that 
if you don't clean your hood, and there were, you know, for good reason, but especially in a restaurant environment, if you don't clean a hood, uh, you can get a lot of grease up in the hood, uh, and then that can catch fire. And you know, you, you know, you, you can look it up. There's like you'll see giant plumes of flame coming out of the um, coming out of the, the vents. And so um, the commercial the commercial vents are designed to withstand that, and the rules about them are designed to withstand and or prevent that kind of uh, thing from happening. The odds of that happening in a house are very low because the odds that you're going to do enough frying to like coat the inside of your of your uh, hood vent with oil and then ignite it are relatively low. Uh, but because in a home kitchen, you also don't have fire suppression. So they have no way to guarantee it. So typically they're not allowed a- as, as hoods. Um, so that's kind of, kind of where that, where that is. Was that helpful at all guys or no? Yeah. Um, I've never seen a hood fire. You ever seen a hood fire, John? Has anyone here ever seen a hood fire? Nope. I'm sure it sucks real bad though. Um, Tata came in via Instagram. Dave, what do you think about reheating hot cocktails? Say they're poked or pan made in advance and then reheated later. Is it doable? What should be avoided? E.g. Shayad, the uh, acid or final slug of booze later at serving time, serving in batches, slightly inconvenient circumstances. Um, I mean, we used to do it like so you would, you know, you pre-poke, as they say, and then put them into uh, those vacuum containers with the push top, you know, those coffee. What are those things called, guys? You know what I'm talking about? The vacuum pots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things are good for hot drinks. Uh, they can hold stuff for a long time. Pro tip, uh, pour boiling water into the into it first and uh, like kind of roll it around. Be careful because remember when you put boiling water into something and then shake it when there's air, it'll pressurize, right? This is why you have to be careful when you shake, if you're going to shake something hot or do, you know, like this is why blenders are a problem, right? When you put hot stuff in a blender and then you seal it and hit go the it, it blows up it, and it that i've seen people do i've seen people get pretty badly burnt with that so be careful when you do that but preheat the the vacuum pot first and dump it out another good way to do it is to uh, get a pot make sure it's covered put it on an induction um you know a low medium heat um and you should be fine and even reheating it i think should be fine because uh you know, most all the one thing you have to be worried about is that you're going to lose um, you're going to lose some alcohol because it evaporates uh, relatively quickly. Now, you want hot drinks to be relatively low in alcohol anyway because it's unpleasant on the nose to have them be high in alcohol. But you might want to sit there and after a couple of hours hit it with a little hit it with a little dab of booze just to keep it at the same level. You know what I'm saying? What do you think, Polcat? What do you think? You're a bartender. Yeah. So one of the things that I found to be successful in batching. Uh, hot drinks uh, is to, and I think a lot of the listeners of this show probably already have an immersion circulator, but set it to a temperature where the drink is pleasantly hot, but well below the boiling point of alcohol. So like a good 155 Fahrenheit and you can batch it in a bottle, keep it in the water bath and then, you know, grab it with a dry towel or a silicone um, grip and you can just pour it. And that's a, that's a pretty good way to, um, to you know keep it hot and and serve it to your guests like on demand would you say hot but pleasant is that your uh, tinder profile yeah uh he's yeah, not one, on tinder 150 degrees i'm not on tinder i don't like it uh tinder's bad yeah, very bad I, i'm not a fan we can get so more are you on some like <laughs> equivalent swipe right swipe left situation i don't know what the kids are doing these days so i recently rejoined this app called raya <laughs> And he got uh, me on. That I got Koi, Mariah, like Mariah Carey? 
Yeah, like Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, whatever. They all kind of suck, but this one's like a little bit better than the others. Slightly. But it's still a swipe left, swipe right sitch. Basically. Well, on this one, you get to have um, like a, a song, like a theme song to a slideshow of photos. So that's kind what? of fun. You get to choose a song that goes with the photos that you show people. Your own song. So like they hear the song that you chose. Yeah. It's not like they listen. They're not listening to like Exumer while they're looking at your thing. It's whatever you choose. It's whatever you choose, which is good because as soon as you have somebody whose slideshow has Fleetwood Mac's dreams. <laughs> listen, listen. Like, first of all, I'm glad that guy got his car fixed. First of all, let me just say, I'm glad that guy got his car fixed. And second of all, you're just hating on it because it like it popped because of the guy on the skateboard with his ocean spray. I'm happy for the Ocean Spray Corporation. I want them to sell cranberries like the end of the freaking world is coming. I'm sure they get taking a hit this year. You know what I mean? Why are you hating on them just because? It, did you not like them before? You know, the landslide brought me down, all that stuff. Oh, you really I mean, don't like since, Fleetwood Mac. Since I, since I heard their first song, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> what? Yeah. Nastasia, no, I can't believe you're not coming to their give. defense. What? I can't believe you're not coming to Fleetwood Mac's defense. No, he knows I like them, but I actually like them. I'm not one of those girls that wears the flower crowns and all that other. I feel like the deeper you go, that's the a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. Yes, Dave. So um, we're accepting cheap Merlot, but but not Fleetwood Mac <laughs> over here. Huh? Yeah, there are uh, some deal breakers. Man. Yeah. See, I'm all right with with a little bit of Fleetwood Mac. Not the cheap Merlot. Oh, Dave, we're supposed to tell you what we're eating. Thanks to Heritage. They don't know yet. Um, We got Maury's bagels, which are really, really, really good. Do you know the history, Jack or Aaron or Pat? Do I know the the history history? of Maury's? Yeah. 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 So it was this guy, uh, Jason. He is from New York. He worked at either Jolina or Justa and was like, the bagels out here are terrible. I need to do something about it. So he started making really amazing bagels and selling them at the Hollywood farmer's market for about two years. And then he finally opened up a brick and mortar, which is basically, well, I don't want to give away where you <laughs> Yeah, do but not. very close to here, uh, <laughs> as it happens. Uh, and it's delicious. It's really good. It's hard to find so, good bagels out here, man. So like, like, well, we were closer to an H&H, closer to an Essa, closer to an Absolute, closer to a Columbia, closer to a Kosar. What about, like, what style of bagel? Closer to one of those Montreal things? Like, what um, are we talking here? It's kind of like a, like Tompkins Square bagel, but a little smaller. Yes. Damn, spot on. Hmm. I mean, that was never my neighborhood. So I never, I mean, like, even, actually it is my neighborhood, but I, and that's not, that was, I've never been there. I've never been there. Should I go? Do you like that bagel? Tompkins Square is my favorite one in New York. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Dave. So everybody here needs to go soon. So they all want to promote what they came on to promote. So can we do that? If you must. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Pat, go. All right. Well, I'm promoting a new video featuring Nastasia that uh, we made of Take Five, which you heard earlier tonight. Uh, it's it's whimsical, and we're going to be Phil dropping Bravo's it tomorrow. Also it. Phil Bravo's also in it, as well as say it right, Phil's girlfriend Rachel Prisgoda. Right. Say it right, Stas. You say it, Dave. You say it. No, come on, just do it. Phil Bravo. <laughs> anyway, after that, I got a new album coming out uh, in about a month's time, and so. Uh, you know, follow the video with Nastasia or, or not? No, no. But and Pat and I mu- have joined much... a band, and then Aaron and I have joined a band. Joined a band or made a band? Made a band. Nastasia's thing okay. is having a band with everybody now. 
Yeah, but she only wants to play covers. So weird. Yeah. It's a good way to yeah. start. Feel yeah. everybody out. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, Aaron, you're next. Uh, Livewire, Cocktails by the World, Stop Bartenders, just won two silver medals and the bronze medal at the LA Spirits Awards, which we're very excited about. Uh, nice. You can find them at a... So they're canned cocktails by bartenders that you uh, have read about, most likely. So now you can buy their drinks, or you soon will be able to. We're expanding our roster uh, very rapidly next year. So was this was this a, the, like an, an RTD, which stands for Ready to Drink, by the way? Was this an RTD category? We want, I mean, we got those medals in that category, yes. Man. I didn't know that they... So how long have they had that category? Sorry, there was a <laughs> helicopter or a truck driving by. What was that? Well, I want a helicopter truck for real. Um, I said, like, how long have they had that category? They had—is that like relatively new, like past like three, four years? This was the inaugural year of the awards, so. Oh, nice. So, like, you know, that's nice. You're there at the ground floor, and you're like winning medals, like at the ground floor. Who do we need to knock off? Who got the Who got the gold? Who do we need to like? And they haven't even released it. Wow. Oh, that's not cool. It's not cool. I don't feel okay about it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not for it. I mean, I'm, I have I'm to very, say, uh, I'm very grateful that we got the award, and I'm very happy about it. You know, but let me say something about the dogfish head. Like, uh, you know, like they have those interesting um, for the so for the Museum of Food and Drink people who are interested in this. Like, dogfish head has that uh, collaboration that they do with the with the person whose name I forget, who researches and looks at the chemical, looks at the at, at the leftovers in like thousands of year old vessels and tries to figure out what people was drinking back in the day. Hint, it wasn't cheap Merlot. And then try to recreate with dogfish head the, uh, you know, some of these ancient brews, some of which taste good and some of which taste terrible. Um, but, uh, so let me ask you this. I'm just assuming that you still, on the dogfish head, when I first heard of them, which was like, you know, I don't know, 8 billion years ago, they were doing, they were kind of part of the wave of like, you know, giant, giant, giant. I'm not telling anyone who listens to this anything they don't know, giant uh, IPAs. Now, do you guys still like giant IPAs or no? No. I no? will drink whatever if it fits the occasion. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get a girl. <laughs> yeah. I always thought their 60 was better than their 120, right? The 120 was a bridge too far for me. But the 60, I thought, was nice. No? If a girl brings it over, I'll drink it. But you'll crush up garlic and put it into it. It's a moment for an episode at a time. Wait, Pat, what's the name of this album you're putting out? It's called La Marteau Sans Maitre. Wait. The what without master? What's What? John can say it better. John, say it. Well, yeah, I'm having a hard time distinguishing the first word too. Marteau, marteau sans maître, hammer without a without a master. That's right. There we go. Ah. Ha- Sweet. So, is this about Nastasia? <laughs> Inspired by Nastasia. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, all right. Let me rip through this Wait, real quick before you guys. And Jack has what? a promotion. Oh, nice. All right. Oh yeah. Molecules. Um, so, if if you feel like things are moving too fast and you need to take it down a notch. You can buy my new line of Move It Slow Merlot. It's <laughs> $6.90 a bottle. And um, you can find that on how, jackinsley.com. How much the case, Jack? What do I get on a case break? $69 a case. Oh, man. That's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, jackinsley.com. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here in L.A. Uh, 
I'm, you know, riding out the COVID wave and available to uh, produce your podcasts, listeners. If you have any podcasts you want to get off the ground, holler at me. So what are, what are oh, some podcast yeah, things? Stas wants me to say I'm single. Wait, are you not going to see this person again? That doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm single. Let's just leave it. <laughs> Let's leave it there. All right. All right. All right. Now, uh, by the way, do you have any sort of like, are there any sort of boundaries like podcasts that you, that you won't, that you won't do? She likes people shouldn't pitch that you're just not going to be involved with. No, I'm, I'm open. Election recount podcast. Election recount Election podcast. Recount yeah, pod- yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll produce it. I just might not produce it the way All you right. want me to. Conspiracy theories. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit those. Would you do Alex Jones? Oh my God, he's very entertaining, but no, I wouldn't. What's your price? How much money would he have to offer you? Is my name on it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's a tough one, man. That's a tough (laughs) one. You're just the engineer. Uh, You're just following orders. uh, What? Oh, come on, dude. (laughs) That, speaking of bridge too far, listen, I have something we can discuss on 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 the way out here because I feel that you guys might have some opinions. This is from Devin Patelin. Uh, how's it going? Has everyone voted? Do you have your escape boats packed and your bunkers prepped? I do, in fact. I have a lot of freeze-dried... I have, like, five days of freeze-dried food here that don't require any preparation just in case the S hits the F uh, and the transition doesn't go as planned. You guys do any... You guys have any prep? Did you do any prep? I have, I have, a, I have 10 days of, of uh, water in uh, jerry cans over here. What do you do? Are you dead? That didn't sound good. What'd you do? He's stepping out to make a call and just hit his head on the top of this garage door. He is a tall man. <laughs> All right. Man. Was- uh, so uh, did you guys do any prepping in advance in case it, in case it got really bad? Uh, no, I'm in an Airbnb. So? We're in California. We're going to be fine. I have a lot of freeze-dried food, though, as well, yeah. in case I need it. Uh, Freeze-dried food is good for 30 years now, the good stuff. Buy the good stuff. It's worth it because it's good for 30 years. Anyway, so uh, Devin has a question about pizza that we can discuss. And so this is where I think he's going to go off the rails for a lot of you. He says, specifically, the best part of pizza, the sauce. And then says something maybe even more controversial. says, well, maybe not the best. Cheese is the best, but cheese is easier uh, than Valentine's Day at a singles bar, which is that easy? I've never, I've never had good – that's not true – I had one good luck on Valentine's Day and I married her. Anyway, uh, but sauce is a secret layer that I think elevates a pizza from being tossed by a troll to that of a disc of heaven spun down from the gods. Specifically, the key ingredient for making that sauce pop, and I think it's blended Kalamata olives in the sauce and maybe uh, some jus of mushroom as well, a veritable je ne sais quoi of mushroom deliciousness. So I ask, why do all recipes online suck? And uh, what is the best pizza sauce recipe? Uh, side note, Devin enjoys Hawaiian pizza, thinks it's delicious. So what do you guys, first of all, what do you think about Hawaiian pizza? I'm, I'm fine with it. I've never, I don't order it, but I'm fine with it. If I, I will eat it. Yeah, I like it. Same, yeah. Hawaiian pizza is one of these, all, back to dating, it's one of these weird things on dating apps that people really like to proclaim that they love or hate. I don't know why it's such a thing on dating apps, but it is. Yeah. On dating apps? Like, literally, they're like, they're like, like, don't what, swipe right if you like Hawaiian pizza, or I unapologetically love Hawaiian pizza. And I think that the fact that you bring that up tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, for sure, Wait, exactly. Which one's right? Right is yes or right is no? Either. Right is not to put it on a dating app profile. Yeah, exactly. If it appears on your profile, it's a no. No, but I mean, swiping, swiping which direction is the, is the way to, to say that you would like to move further in this direction. What's that? Right? Swiping right means oh, yes. you like them, right? Yes. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, so 
Uh, first of all, uh, Devin, you, we can, we're all allowed to have our own opinions, but if you're dealing with serious, serious pizza heads, the only thing that they will accept you saying is that the dough is the most important thing, yeah. right? I mean, like, that's what serious pizza nerds are going to do to you. They're going to say that the dough is the most important thing and that everything else is just window dressing in the same way that, you know, Don used to, you know, my you know, partner ex-partner, I guess, at Existing Conditions would say about, uh, you know, the ice or, or the rice in sushi. It's like, that's the base. You got to get the base right. The bread's got to be right. Um, correct, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, you like that? definitely true. Yeah. Now, on sauce, I do like adding stuff like umami pack stuff like uh, mush, like mushrooms. I, I do. Kalamata olives are good because they have a lot of salt as well. Uh, as kind of an umami pop. I like anchovies ground in. Uh, I like neonata ground in, which is another fish-based thing. So I'm a big fan. So I used to, anything that has that kind of hit in it, uh, I like grinding it in. But people who want kind of more straight ahead um, pizza flavor, even though the sauce is delicious, if it's outside of the realm of what they're used to, some people are gonna be like, huh? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like, it's like, what? Because like you can tell now olives, Kalamata olives specifically, if you grind just a little bit of it in, like they're not going to know what you've done necessarily. So you might be able to get away with it. But when I grind it in, I usually grind like a whole bunch of it in and people can notice that all of a sudden it's like got some of that briny hit, mm. which if you like olives is delicious, but I'm just telling you some people are going to find it like, you know, some people are going to find it uh, not as good. What do you guys think about this? I'm up for anything in pizza sauce. I don't know. I mean, oregano or no oregano in pizza sauce? I'm not a huge oregano guy. Does really? That's yeah, fine. I, I don't. Fine. But do do you think it doesn't taste like pizza if there's not some oregano in yeah, it? Yeah, I think oregano is kind of like pizza flavor, right? I mean, classic. That's the classic. Like, it's got to have at least a little bit of oregano in it. That's like you know. But to be honest, like until recently, I didn't use a lot of uh, any really oregano. I just never really had dried oregano around. And then I was talking to you know my brother-in-law Wiley, uh, who you know makes you know, is making a lot of pizza at home during the the Corona thing. And he's like, "You're not putting dried oregano? What are you, an idiot?" And I was like, "Okay." And so now you know, you know when I make pizza, I'll add a little bit of dried oregano to the sauce. I think when you do sauce, I think concentrated flavor is good. Like. Um, for many, many years, I was a just let's get some tomato paste, blend a couple of canned tomatoes into it, and then adjust the flavor with kind of umami, olive oil, and, you know, sometimes a, a little bit of cheese and salt. And then depending on who it was, some people like a little bit of sugar correction, some don't. The reason Domino's pizza sauce used to taste so terrible, by the way, was because of all of the sugar they added. That stuff was basically a tomato lollipop. It's why that thing was See, such hard some garbage. Some of us have to go. Hey, look, you're the ones that were late getting on. Boom! Well, we're already two minutes past. No, eight minutes. You know, I, I don't know. It's fine. You know, we do this once hey, we, a week. We, just right. we didn't even do it last back week. Back to when you used to be a half hour late. So. Yeah, and then I would still stay. We gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is that, like, you know, I can do this. I can do this whenever. Anyway, thanks to. Uh, by the way, I like how some of us have to leave. Nastasia like invites, and you guys are always welcome on. Invites a bunch of people over. Nastasia beforehand. Hey, back me up, Jack and uh, Aaron. Aaron Nastasia's is gone. Like, Who has Aaron got right. to go? 
So well, you invited her mom, but that's fine because they, you know, they're guests. They can come and go. Jack, true or false? Nastasia's like, listen, I don't want this to go long, so I'm gonna say that you need to go and I need to go so that it ends. Just, just go with it. How did that happen? Yes or no? If you lie to me, I'll know. If you lie to me, Jack, I will know. I don't remember. Uh huh. Uh huh. Pat, does that happen or did that not happen? I don't. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it didn't happen because today you did, mean? I feel like I would remember. Oh no, not today. No, she didn't do that today. She did not do that today. No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me historically. And I just want to say she she pointed a butter knife at me when she said when I said that. No, no, no. Yeah, she did not yeah. do that. That did not happen today. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Has it happened in the right. past? Yeah. 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 All right. Fair enough. Dave Arnold. All right. We just live in it. <laughs> what do you say? Dave Arnold world. We just live in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because because Nastasia because Nastasia I always get my way right. Wah, wah, I miss this. Issues. I miss this so much. Cooking issues is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.